Hey there, I'm Julie, and this is the Married to Addiction podcast. If you're here, then you're probably what I call my secret sister. We're in a situation we never asked to be in and fighting a battle we never wanted to fight. We're faith-filled women who are married to an alcoholic, and it affects every inch of our lives. If that sounds like you, then this is a safe place for you to land. Married to Addiction is a faith-based podcast where I help you find the tools and strength you need to navigate your husband's addiction without losing yourself in the process. So please subscribe and tune in as often as you can, because your husband's recovery is important, but so is yours. Hey there, I wanted to just take a quick second to make sure that you have heard about the new program I just launched called Simply Nourished. Now you may wonder what in the world nutrition and wellness have to do with being the wife of an alcoholic, and the short answer is a lot. When we're going through hard things, which obviously this situation is a really, really hard thing, we often just completely neglect good eating habits. We turn to junk food for comfort. We don't take care of ourselves in any way, shape, or form because we've completely put ourselves on the back burner because we're so focused on what's going on with our husbands. And the problem with that is that not only now are we going through a hard thing, But now we are completely run down. We have no energy. We don't have any good nutrition in our bodies. And all of that just basically makes us completely unable to cope with anything in general, but most especially the difficulties that are involved with having an addicted spouse. So, of course, this can lead to just so many problems down the road. Um, You know, health-related or food-related health issues are a really big issue for women just anyway. And when you pile all the rest of this on top of it, it just really makes it that much harder. So the purpose of Married to Addiction as a whole has always been to help you take better care of you And this program is no different. The goal is basically to just teach you simple, good nutrition and wellness. I keep it really simple for you. That's the name for for you as the wife of an alcoholic so that you can care for your body, which will make you better equipped to handle everything else that's going on. So I would love to have you join me in that program. You just, to find out more about it, you just go to my website, marytoaddiction.com, click on the need help drop down, and you'll see Simply Nourished there. I'd love to have you join us. Hello, and welcome to episode 64 of the Married to Addiction podcast. This episode is called A Counselor's Perspective, and I am super excited to have with me today a certified alcohol and drug counselor named Mariah Roan. Welcome, Mariah. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me today. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. It's um, amazing to finally get to talk to you after following you for a couple years now. I know we were talking about it before we push record about how we've kind of been talking via Instagram DMs for, (laughs) it's been a while, right? I feel like it's been at least a year or so, but I think actually talk talked. So we were were just (laughs) super excited when we finally got to connect. So, but anyway, I wanted to talk with you because you have some really awesome perspective for the listeners, obviously, as an alcohol and drug counselor, because you work with kind of the other side of things a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of want to get into uh, you know a few things that you see from your side that we can that that can help the wives that are listening today. So you sure. also run a website um, called yourprayingfriend.com, and that <clears throat> the whole purpose of that website is to provide support for both people who are addicted and their families. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. Cool. Can you tell us a little bit about um, you know yourself and what you do as a counselor and the kind of help that you do provide for those people on your website? 
Yeah. So, um, like you said, my name's Mariah Roan, and I'm a certified alcohol and drug counselor. I'm certified through the state of Illinois. I'm originally from the St. Louis area, and I'm currently in Florida for the winter. So, I'm married. My husband, he's a private practicing attorney. I help him with his law firm, and I run our Airbnb business, so I do a lot of things, but with counseling, I've worked at um, an inpatient rehab center most recently, and uh, prior to that, I was working in a supervised housing site for people with mental illness and substance abuse issues, so a lot of times we know those go hand in hand, so I've been in this field for about 10 years now. And yeah, I see both sides of it. So I do group counseling with people struggling with addiction, but I also do family counseling whenever uh, husbands or wives or kids will come in to visit their loved one that's in inpatient treatment. Awesome. And I think one of the main reasons why we kind of just resonated with each other on our platforms and stuff is that you do all of this from a Christian perspective. Is that right? 100%. I can't yeah. do it without Jesus. <laughs> exactly. And I feel the same, as you know. So yeah. that was really, I think, how we we connected because I, I really love that about your content because obviously I think that that's equally as important as well. So, so you actually wrote a blog post for me last year and it was kind of about um, just kind of seeing addiction from all of the different angles. So from the the husband's perspective, the family's perspective, and then, of course, from your perspective, which is is important as well. And you c- touched on a few things in the article that I thought were really important to talk to you or t- to talk about today. So I kind of just wanted to touch on a couple of those, um, you know, things that I thought that specifically could help the wives. So the first thing that I think would be helpful is can you tell us from your point of view what you think is the most important thing? that a wife needs to know about her husband's addiction? Yeah, whenever I think about that, I think that that's a really hard question because there's so many things that wives want to know. And usually it's how can they make it stop, right? Mm -hmm. So like we have all these questions, but generally it's just like, how do I make this chaos stop? And I totally empathize with that because it's overwhelming and you have this feeling of desperation whenever you're living in that chaos. Um, and usually family members are met with, you know, the Al-Anon message, which is that you didn't cause it, you can't control it, you can't cure it. And that's the message that I received whenever I first went to Al-Anon because my mom was an addict. And the first thing that they told me was that you know, you can't do anything. She has to be the one to do it. And I mean, I, I left angry and I never went back because we don't want to feel helpless. So I think the most important thing that wives should know about their husband's addiction is that you're not helpless. Um, this is a disease and he really needs you right now. So he needs you to intercede on his behalf. He needs you to pray for him just like you would if he had cancer. You know, you're, you, you are his support system right now. And Al-Anon's right. You can't control it. You can't cure it, but you can pray. So I don't want anyone to feel helpless. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big reasons why I wanted to incorporate faith into this whole platform, because as Christian women, we do have that very powerful um, 
you know, weapon against this because basically it's mm -hmm. spiritual warfare, you know, and, and people who are not believers don't have that. And so I think that might be kind of where a lot of that comes from, where you're made to feel like you're a little bit more helpless than you really are because you can, you know, go go to battle spiritually for sure. And yeah. I, I think it's important to, like you said, to remember that this is a really hard thing for our husbands too. And when I first felt called to do this, I was a little bit resistant for a number of reasons. But one of the main reasons was because I really felt like God was telling me that he wanted me to present both sides. And I've tried to do that on this podcast and I try to do it in my membership and stuff too, because I obviously had a front row seat to how much my husband was struggling. And, you know, he had suicide attempts and all kinds of stuff when he was walking through this. And I just really remember feeling like when I, once I first really understood what was happening to him, just so much empathy and, you know, sadness and just feeling like he did need me. Now, of course, we don't want that to veer into enabling land because that can right. definitely happen, but you do need to, to keep that in mind too. And I love that you said that one of the main things they can do is pray because as Christian women, that women, that probably is the most powerful tool that we have when we're walking through this, don't you think? Absolutely. And you're right. You don't want to enable, you want to have those strong boundaries. Um, but whenever you're understanding addiction, you do want to empathize. You do want to know that they're struggling and you don't want to leave them out to dry. You want to do everything that you can within the power that God's given you to pray for them because that's what they need more than anything. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. What is something about addiction that you think might surprise the wife of an alcoholic that you, you know, have, have figured out or have come to know to be true through your work? <laughs> I have to really think about that one because the first thing that comes to mind is nothing surprises the wife of an alcoholic, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know that is true. <laughs> <laughs> literally nothing. We're just, you know, you're constantly waiting for the bottom to fall out and, Sadly, you're surprised by absolutely nothing, right? Yeah. Um, but I guess one thing that I think surprises people is the amount of time that it usually takes for someone to recover. You know, all of your listeners, they're probably at different stages with mm -hmm. their husband, either being an active addiction or possibly he's tried recovery before, relapsed. You know, we all go through those cycles. So I think... Um, Sometimes wives are surprised that if their husband goes to, say, like a seven-day detox, that he's not all of a sudden healed or that he relapses. Or even, you know, where I work, it's a 30-day inpatient program, and oftentimes people will leave and immediately relapse. You know, our um, system isn't the best. We don't have the best track record, but where we do see the higher success rates is typically year-long programs. So everyone's different. That doesn't mean that every listener's husband needs a year-long stay, but depending on the severity of their addiction, when they started drinking, how long they've been drinking, how much they're drinking, you know, all of those things are going to play a role into how long their recovery might take and how much effort they really have to put in. Yeah, that's a and good point. That can be um, surprising. Right. I agree. And one thing that I actually wanted to ask you that we didn't talk about beforehand, but um, when you when you mentioned that, it kind of brought it up in my mind. There are a lot of women whose husbands have gone through multiple 
treatments and, you know, been in rehab multiple times and they just come back out and relapse and go back in and come back out and relapse. Mm -hmm. For women who are in that situation, do you, I know a lot of times after it's been a few times, they kind of start to think this is just hopeless. Every time he goes, he's just going to come back. Don't you think though, and I could be wrong, you're the professional, but don't you think that the fact that he keeps going means that he really is wanting to be on that path permanently at some point? Or what's your take on that? Absolutely. And we say that, you know, it's it's a learning process. You learn a little bit more each time you go. And, you know, oftentimes I'll see a client again and again, and they come back and they're embarrassed. Yes, I messed up again. And my response is like, look, you're still trying. You know, I, I just admire people for trying. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard as the wife of an alcoholic is to, you know, keep on that roller coaster. But yes, I see it the same way that you do. Like, no, they're not perfect. Yes, they keep messing up, but they haven't given up because that can happen too. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the alternative is either they keep on trying and hopefully learning and growing. And, you know, it it all comes down to, I'm convinced their relationship with God and surrendering. But until we maybe get that part of our life right, yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle. Yeah, that's a good point because it's not just necessarily about what you're learning when you're there. It's the internal work and the stuff that God's trying to work out in you separate from that too. And, you know, being yielded is a big part of that for sure. And that's, as we all know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely be a process. Oh my gosh. I know it has been for me. I mean, in the last couple of years, you know, I have grown daughters in the last couple of years, God's been putting a mirror in my face and I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, I need to work on that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we all have things to work time. on. Yeah, uh-huh. and it takes time. And so I think really learning the tools and stuff is important, but that is also an important point that they do have to come to the point where they're just ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, surrendering is the most pivotal decision that they're going to make. Like, yes, I can't do it in my own willpower. Yes, I need God to help me. And that doesn't mean that they'll never slip up again. And I always relate it to food for people that have never had an addiction because Lord knows I love chocolate. (laughs) And (laughs) if I couldn't have chocolate, I mean, what would I do? And, you know, with alcohol, especially it's in every restaurant, it's on every billboard, it's on every commercial. So, Mm. you know, it's like constantly and it's socially acceptable. Like there's all these things that are set up against somebody where that's their weakness. And I can't imagine if chocolate was just like every time I sat down at a restaurant here, would you like the chocolate menu? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a good point. I saw, I saw something on social media a few weeks ago and it said something like, um, if you wonder how it feels to be an addict or an addict, put your phone down for a day. And all of the times you think about picking up your phone, that's how often they think about their substance of choice. 100%. And and it's like when you really, I mean, even if you just try to put your phone down for an hour, it's like- That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like a day. Yeah. Just one hour. Yeah. So I thought that was a really good, because that's something everybody pretty much can relate to. You know, as often as you would think about your phone, that's that's how often they're thinking about what they're wanting to drink or use, mm-hmm. and that's that's tough. What do you think? Um, 
in your professional opinion, because I mean, there's there's a lot of things that people tell you are the best things that family can do. But in your professional opinion, what do you think is the best thing or maybe the best things that a wife can do for her addicted husband aside from pray? Of course, we talked about that. But is there anything else that we can do for them outside of trying to just control what they're doing? Well, yeah, controlling what they're doing isn't going to help anybody, right? Like you're going to drive yourself crazy and you're going to drive them crazy and nobody's going to be happy. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, you said it, pray for sure. And then you have to keep your own peace and um, of course be willing to support them without enabling, which, you know, that's a thin line. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're doing number one, praying, then God is going to help you with number two, keeping your peace. We know he'll provide peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm -hmm. So in those situations where you would lose your mind, God will give you that peace. I've seen it happen before. I've experienced it myself. You know, whenever you have that, it, it doesn't make any sense. So as long as you're praying, I think God will do the rest. And then, yeah, be willing to support them. Um, but don't be that doormat. Don't do it for them. Like be the be the supportive partner that God's called you to be. But you don't want to get entangled in enabling them. Yeah. And I always, a big part of what I teach too is trying to help them understand addiction because I know that I had a very jaded view of it before my husband walked through it. I think a lot of people do. And mm-hmm. when you when you do that, you can feel a lot of, like I was saying, sympathy and empathy. And that can definitely make you feel like you should maybe put up with, quote unquote, certain things because, oh, well, they can't help it. So I always try to be really clear that mm-hmm. understanding addiction does not dismiss or make toxic behavior okay. That doesn't mean that because somebody's going through a hard thing, they can walk on you or, you know, any of that. It's just they're addicted and it's good to have that understanding, but that's not an excuse for that. Right. And I've heard you say that in some of your podcasts, which I can't agree more. Like it's so important that, of course, physical abuse, but emotional abuse, psychological abuse, like all of these things that we do tend to give a pass because we are empathizing and we do want our marriage to work. But yeah, where where do you draw that line, right? And for every person, it's going to be different. But that's why counseling is so important. You know, individual counseling for the wives, your support group, that's huge because then you're getting some perspective. You're able to share your stories and see, you know, what's dangerous and what's not. And, you know, when do I remove myself from the situation? Because God's never called any woman to be in a dangerous marriage, right? Agreed. Agreed. And I, I say that same thing. You know, it's so many people just feel like, well, I took these marriage vows and I've said that before too. You know, God does not want you to be in a situation. He doesn't care more about your marriage than he cares about you as his daughter. Right. And so that's something that I think is really important for them to remember too. So kind of along that same line, what do you think is the best thing? So we talked about the best thing that a wife could do for her husband, but what do you think is like the number one thing that a wife should do for herself if she's in this position? Yeah, so I think we kind of just touched on it. Um, Growing her relationship with God, having that good, solid foundation. I'm a super fan of Celebrate Recovery. I don't know if you've ever 
talked with your listeners about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and Al-Anon, Al-Anon too, but yeah. Celebrate Recovery is definitely more Christian-based, I know for sure. Yes, that's my favorite. So um, Celebrate Recovery or getting connected at your local church level. You know, addiction is an issue that touches nearly every family. So most churches are equipped to offer support. Um, but I know that sometimes going to church alone you know, maybe your husband's not a believer or his addiction is just not allowing for him to be there with you. So that can feel intimidating. So I really recommend Celebrate Recovery because those meetings are Christ-centered and everyone's welcomed. And, you know, we all have hurts, habits, and hangups as their slogan. So there's Mm -hmm. always something to work on. But your group, you know, the secret sister group that you're doing, just get connected. Be around other women that are going to pray for you, number one, right? We just yes. want – because we can't always even bring ourselves to pray for ourselves or pray for our husbands. So maybe today's not your day and you need a sister that's going to step in and intercede for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I kind of created that group because I had heard about you know, a lot of the other programs and I'm an introvert and I don't really like going to places where there's a lot of people. <laughs> like yeah. even, even in the best of circumstances, like even a party is kind of not always my dream. So <laughs> when you You're talk right. about when you talk about going and hanging around with other people and talking about like the worst thing that's going on in your life, that didn't sound like a fun time to me. So I wanted to create something that kind of had that same uh, you know, the same principles, but where it can be a little more anonymous and stuff. So it really Girl, is. Yes. Right and I'm line. so glad you did. I'm so glad that you did that because Celebrate Recovery was even intimidating for me as someone that leads groups, oh, you know, well. just walking <laughs> in and not knowing people or where to go. But um, thankfully, I was connected to just other friends and one of my friends was going and she, there was like an addiction coach that they kind of went sometimes. So maybe just, you know, talking to people or the online groups like Facebook groups too, you can mm-hmm. find people in your area. Yeah, but true. I love everything that you're doing with that group. That just speaks to my soul. Well, thank you. <laughs> and there are some people that that's not for because they're the extroverts and they do need the energy mm-hmm. of the people around them in person too. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different options, which I think is great. But Yeah, so exploring the options, just like see what works for you, even starting with individual counseling mm-hmm. because – you know, you do need that one-on-one time too. Groups are great, but just having a Christian counselor that is going to pray with you, I would just say is number one. And I know I just sound like a broken record, but our profession is um, one that's been greatly impacted by today's culture. So if you don't, if, you know, if your faith is important to you, you really want to seek out somebody that's going to give you good, sound, biblical advice. Mm-hmm. And not just um, validate everything you say because then you guys can do that. Yes, 100%. I agree with that. And I I teach that too. It's I I always say, you know, I will never be the one to tell you what you should or should do in your situation, whether you should stay, whether you should leave, because I don't know. God knows. That's it. Mm -hmm. He's the only one that knows the middle, the beginning, the middle, and the end. I don't know any of that. And so I really just try to tell my ladies just like lean into that and try to teach them how to lean into that and how to hear where he's trying to take them because he's really the only one that can tell you what, what lies ahead. 
Wouldn't it be nice if he did just send like a neon sign though? That'd be so great. <laughs> that would have saved me so much time over my life. I can't even tell you. <laughs> right. I know. Whenever people oh are like, gosh. listen to God, I'm like, why isn't he talking? Yeah, like, exactly. Oftentimes he's talking through, you know, your podcast or through your preacher. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah um, exactly. I wanted to mention one other thing because you had a good topic. And while we're on the subject of what women can do, mm-hmm. one of your podcasts talked about diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. And I just can't preach that enough either. Yeah. Like our nutrition is so important for our mental health and our exercise is so important for our mental health. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're in that chaos, you need your mind to be strong. So anything you can do that's going to, you know, eat more vegetables, get your steps in, jog in your bedroom if you have to. Yeah. You know, I know it's winter right now, but just do what you have to do to get your body moving and taking care of your mental and physical health. Yes, I agree so much. Of course, that was my background before this. And I just don't think that people talk enough about how closely it's tied to your mental health. I mean, it 100% is. And that doesn't mean that, you know, if you're doing those things that none of the none of what you're going through is going to feel hard. It's still a really hard thing. But I feel like it feels harder when you're nutritionally depleted and, you know, you're not sleeping and you're not eating right and all of those things. It just, I think, makes it to where you just really can't cope. Like it's already something hard to cope with, but it makes it to where it's almost impossible to cope. Absolutely. Give yourself a fighting chance. Like do everything you can to like take on the day because we know that it's hard already. So you don't want to make it any harder on yourself. Yes, I totally agree. So one thing I definitely wanted to ask you is what is, in your opinion, do you think a wife should do if her husband mentions that he might be ready to get some help? Like, what is the first thing that she should do or the most important thing she should do? Mm. So that's a really good question. And just thinking about that actually brings up all different kinds of emotions for me because I've seen it all. So I've seen where these are the best words a wife has ever heard because maybe she's hearing it for the first time and that's exciting and it's everything that she's been waiting to hear, right? Um, But I've also seen the other side of it where maybe she's heard this five times already and those words are triggering like, hey, I want to get help. And she's like, oh, I've heard that before, Mm. you know? So I can see it um, both ways. So I really think it's going to depend on where each wife is at in in the stage of addiction that she's in with her husband. But um, I would say if, if you're hearing it for the first time, you know, be cautiously optimistic. That is great news. And if you're hearing it for the fifth time, be cautiously optimistic because it mm-hmm. is great news. Like this might be the time. Yeah. Um, I would say like prepare yourself. Think about – what it would sound like hearing that from your husband and then pay attention to how your body responds, pay attention to what thoughts initially enter your mind and then kind of think of how you will respond if that day does come, because what you don't want to do is respond in anger, even though, you know, you might, that might be a valid emotion because maybe you are hearing it for the 10th time. So maybe you are angry, but we always want to think in terms of what's going to be helpful, right? If you are in this marriage, if you do want to make this work, then, you know, responding in love is really the goal. Yeah, that's a good point. I would say, um, you know, research treatment 
options in your area. That way, if it does come down to it, you kind of have an idea of what's near you. And it might, um, maybe he just wants to do outpatient. Maybe he does need inpatient. You know, typically he would go for an evaluation and they would determine what kind of resources he needs, but he might just want to go to meetings. Maybe getting help to him means he's ready to go to celebrate recovery or to do individual counseling. But -hmm. if you can have some information um, and let him lead the conversation, you know, you don't want to throw your folder at him like here, go check into (laughs) treatment. That probably won't go good. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really glad that you said that actually, because I have a lesson in the secret sister circle that's called crafting a recovery plan. And it's along those same lines. So for my husband, when he said, well, he had told me he was ready a couple of times before. And of course, in hindsight, I realized that this was a terrible error. But what I told him was, well, how are we going to make that happen? Like, we can't do without your pay. And, you know, what What if you lose your job? And just like thinking about all the other things, which is not, <laughs> in that moment, is not what to bring up. But when he finally said he was ready, I had done some of that legwork in hopes that he would be ready. And he said that really made a huge difference for him because it felt like it was doable. So, of course, you're not wanting to, like you said, throw the folder at him and be like, okay, well, go check in. They already have your name. You know, you want it, you want it to be his idea. But right. just having some idea of how how you could actually make it work, I think is really important. We even talk in that lesson about how to figure out things financially and how, you know, how you can try to work around some of that stuff. So I'm glad that you said that too, because I know sometimes people say, well, that's enabling and that's, you know, doing the work for them and all of that. And it's not going with, the, you know, going to them with the plan when they haven't said that they're ready, but it's maybe mm-hmm. having some things in the background for when they are ready. Totally agree. Because whenever they get to that point, you don't want to let that pass by, right? If they mm-hmm. are ready to act and then now you have to call the insurance company and figure out, well, who takes my insurance? Or right. How are we going to do without your pay or, or what kind of treatment is even near us? You know, if you just start thinking about those things when they're ready, you know, maybe a week goes by and then they're not ready anymore. So it's just exactly. good to have options on the table. And no, I, I in no way think that that's you doing it for them. That's you helping, not enabling. Yeah, I agree 100%. So let's move on to something a little bit lighter. I'm very excited mm-hmm. about this. You have a new venture. And it's funny because I had just, I just did a lesson for January. One of our lessons in the, in the Secret Sister Circle was about the healing practice of journaling. And you mm-hmm. recently just launched a whole line of Christian journals, notebooks, devotionals, all kinds of fun stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I'm glad you're excited because so am I. And everything looks so cool. I can't wait to get one because it re- everything just looks so neat and the like the graphic design and everything is really cool. And I love that it's all Christian based too. Man, God is really working through these. I've had this idea in my head for years and years and years, and I just didn't know how or when or you know all the specifics of how this would come together. But I think through my years of counseling, it's all just accumulated. And now I'm like, oh, I know what recovery workbooks can look like, but I know that we need God in it. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've brought it all together. And 
he's just given me a passion for making it simple too, because whenever we're living in those chaotic situations, the last thing we want to do is have to sit down for an hour (laughs) and work on ourselves. You know, if you have that time or if you need that time, that's great. But these books are designed to where you can put in as little or as much time as you, as you want to commit to it. I love that. Do you have anything specifically that could be really helpful for a wife of an alcoholic, like a specific type of journal or anything that you can think of off the top of your head? Yeah. um, A popular one right now is called An Exhaustive List of the Things I Can Control, Me. So I wrote this one specifically with the family members in mind because we talk so much about you know, detaching with love and focusing on ourselves and what we can control. And actually the first page in that book says, I cannot control how someone else acts. I can only control how I respond. God, give me self-control. So it's simple things like that. It's a daily affirmation. And then there's a space for a reflection. But the whole book, yeah, the whole book is just around what can I do? God work on me. God help me. I love it. That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. How do they, how do they get some of these? How do they order your journals? And I, I mean, I really think that that could be just another really great tool for processing through some of the stuff that we deal with as wives. So where can they find your products? Yeah. So if you go to my website, it's yourprayingfriend.com. Um, all the books are on there. And if you click on it, it takes you right to Amazon. So everything is shipped conveniently through Amazon. Oh, you perfect. You can get it in two days. Yep. If you're a Prime member, it's fast shipping and uh, it's really simple. I love that. And then if they're interested in your services as a counselor, how would they go about getting a hold of you for that? Oh, they can send a message on my website. There's a, a link on there that says prayer request. Um, if they were interested in doing one-on-one counseling. I can meet with people over Zoom. Um, It's more of just a a support thing. So if anyone feels like they just need somebody to talk to, I just encourage them to reach out. I'm happy to pray with people and um, support any way that I can. I love that. Well, I have loved talking with you. I just Obviously, you know, I love the work that you do because it's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> so it's it's just really super important. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today and shed a little bit more light on what it's like from a counselor's perspective. Absolutely. I'm so grateful that God brought us together, Julie. I admire all of your work. I really enjoy following you on social media. And I think that he's using you. And I love that. Oh, thank you. And I feel the same. And again, I just thank you so much for being here with me. Thanks. Quick question for you before I let you go today. Have you been to the Married to Addiction website? If you haven't, I would love if you would go pay it a visit. It's just marriedtoaddiction.com. And over there, you can see um, just a lot of different information about my podcast. There is a blog on there. There's some free resources for you. And there's also a few ways that you can actually get some help if you need a little more help and direction and support as you travel this difficult path with your addicted husband. So if you haven't yet, please go visit marriedtoaddiction.com. Thanks so much.